Which Way is Catering with Justine and Bruce. Served up by Variety Attractions, celebrating 60 years of entertainment excellence. This episode of Which Way is Catering with Justine and Bruce is brought to you by Brannigan, Inc. For nearly two decades, Brannigan, Inc. has energized brands in the entertainment industry, helping fairs and festivals connect with audiences. Their creative, results-driven marketing approach drives attendance and makes communications fun. Check them out at BranniganInc.com. Also, this episode is brought to you by Spectrum Weather Insurance. Spectrum Weather Insurance provides a variety of rain, heat, severe weather, and event cancellation insurance customized for your specific event. They have the experience and expertise that hundreds of events rely on each year. Visit them at SpectrumWeatherInsurance.com. since 56 and we've yeah. had we've had uh, three bass singers and I think I have sung with three of the greatest bass singers that have ever been in gospel or country music I've been very blessed to have sung with that many bass singers that are all great they all have they each have their different qualities of and, and character traits. And I can say that uh, I've just, I've been blessed to sing with all of them. And let's see, tenor singers, uh, I've been blessed there too. Little Willie Wynn was the only other tenor singer I have sung with. Little Willie is still a very good friend and he lives down in South Carolina. And when we're in that area, he'll come on stage and sing an old gospel song or two with us and maybe stay out and even sing Elvira with us. And we still see little Willie. In fact, I got a note from him yesterday, just checking on us, seeing how we're doing. And, and we texted back and forth there for a few minutes and he and Sandy are doing good. So we're still good friends with little Willie. And I've only sung with two baritone singers, uh, uh, William Lee Golden was here when I came. In fact, he hired me. William Lee left for about nine years, and we moved Steve Sanders up front. He was playing rhythm guitar for about 15 years in our band, and Steve sang baritone for those nine years. He left unannounced. Uh, we were in Fort Worth, Texas, getting ready to do a show. We'd been in Houston the night before, and on a Saturday morning, Steve came to my room and said, he's leaving the the group, and I said, well, okay, when do you plan to do that? And he said, today. Mm. And I said, well, we have a show tonight. And he said, I'm I'm getting on a plane here in a few minutes. I, I got interviews in the morning in Nashville. And I'm leaving now. Wow. Well, my son was working uh, at a restaurant in uh, Madison, Tennessee. My wife uh, called him and got 
him some clothes out of his closet, rushed to the restaurant with his clothes and took him to the airport, put him on an airplane, flew him, him to Fort Worth. He got to the auditorium where we were singing about 45 minutes before we went on stage. And without a rehearsal, uh, we got in a prayer circle, help us get through this show. And without a rehearsal, I worked out some signs with him, like uh, in the Oak Ridge Boys, uh, there are times when the lead singer and the baritone singer switch parts and the baritone singer goes over the lead line. So I worked out a sign with D, my son, where if he were to, uh, in, we were to invert harmonies, I worked out a sign where he would know to do that. And we worked out a few parts where if he was to sing over me, he would know to do that. And we did a whole show there without a rehearsal with my son. He went on uh, to sing with us about 30 shows there in the next month. Now he was in college. So he worked out his college schedule and did all of his work uh, kind of on the first part of the week. And uh, when he had to go back for tests, my son-in-law here, Paul Martin, flew to Las Vegas <laughs> and uh, filled in for about two weeks. Is that right? right there to the, the, the last year. two wow. weeks uh, of the year, Paul Martin came in and sang the last two weeks without rehearsal. And uh, we closed out our year with D. Allen and Paul Martin, my son and my son-in-law, uh, filling out the dates that we had left in, in November and December. In fact, the last date of the year was at the Star Plaza Theater in Merrillville, Indiana, and we did our show with Paul and Dee on the first part of the show. And in the meantime, we had made arrangements to meet with William Lee and work out the problems with uh, William Lee that uh, some of the members had with William Lee. And we got all of those past us and we introduced William Lee at midnight with the start of the new year in 1996. Hmm. You know, wow. So, like, real quick, Bruce, a side yeah. story. The, the Saturday that Steve Sanders went to Dwayne in the hotel room to tell him that he was leaving, Jamie and I were down in Gulf Shores, Alabama. I was doing a writer's festival, and I was and that weekend I was, I was working with Rusty Gold, and William Lee was there, and we talked all weekend. Little did I know, a month later, he would be back in the Oak Ridge Boys. It was just really strange how... Hmm. The, the, the same day all this is going crazy and me and Jamie I said yeah I wonder if William ever go back to the Oaks you know Philip and then a month later it all happened it was really strange so what did that mean to you Paul to sing with the Oak Ridge Boys I mean the Oak Ridge Boys have a certain sound and now you're walking into that sound I mean my heart would be beaten out of my chest <laughs> it was it was well it's intimidating yeah you know, well. you're, you're standing on there with three legends you know, and, and 
I, you know, to talk about Dwayne as a father-in-law, he's more like a father. I, I lost my father back like 23 years ago. I was actually playing in the Oaks band, and the Oaks, I had to miss a lot of shows because my, my dad was pretty ill, and they continued to pay me like I was there. I mean, that's that tells you what, that speaks to this man right here. But he's, it, it was like, as I was singing, he would call me. It was like my dad calling to to pump me up and brag on me, and it was such, such a, a boost for my morale. Mm-hmm. And uh, but to, yeah, to go in there and sing those songs. And I, what Dwayne was telling you earlier about the harmony, how you jump, it was real fascinating because you'd be singing down here, and then you're like, ah, you'd go above Dwayne on the on the lead vocal. But it was so much fun. And uh, I've got I've got a couple of videos of that. I put a couple of videos up on YouTube with with my time there. So it was just mm-hmm. a. On that particular you know. night up in Merrillville, Indiana, there were six Oak Ridge boys. Uh, I've got my I've got my ORB. We've got yeah. we've got pictures of it uh, with with Paul and my son D, and then William Lee Golden on that night came back, and then uh, you know the the four Oak Ridge boys as you know us, but in addition to that, we had D, my son, and Paul. So on that. On that particular night, there were six Oak Ridge boys. <laughs> That's funny. Their blend is so so uh, was really great with Paul there. It's 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 such a unique sound with each different um, you know uh, version. I guess you would say with with different singers yeah. that it, it is still the Oak Ridge boys and it's still that harmony. But um, you know Paul has a very chameleon like voice and he can kind of blend where you may or may not be able to pick his particular voice out because he blends so well with the others. It just almost sounds like this wall of sound and harmony. It's really a great blend. Um, what we notice with the Oak Ridge Boys, the traditional four that you know today, um, they have four, four very distinct voices. So kind of like you would think of Fleetwood Mac. You can listen to Fleetwood Mac and pick out Stevie Nicks, Lindsey Buckingham. Mm-hmm. You, you can hear yeah. their individual is Christine McVie, uh, but when they come together, there is an unmistakable blend and sound that you know exactly who they are, no matter what the God sound. called it magic. It's and that's that's what the four Oak Ridge Boys, as you know them today, that have been together all these years. Uh, you know, they almost just breathe in sync. You know, they they just play off each other, and they they know right where to go in to to sew those harmonies up. And when you listen, you can pick the individual individual voices out. You can hear them all. If you, if you put us all. On the same note, in unison, every one of us on the same note, you can still pick four voices out. You can still hear it. But when they blend together, there is just this harmonious magic that happens. It just lifts the room. And, Mm -hmm. you know, still to this day, everywhere we go, my friends, I mean, just this weekend, we we were talking with someone. We did a show, our band, Rockland Road. And while we were there, a lady came up and said, my mother took my daughter to see the Oak Ridge Boys last weekend, and my daughter flipped out. She was <laughs> so impressed. She absolutely really didn't know that many of their songs. She's a super fan now. Oh, my goodness. And now here I am here watching your show. Can we get a little video? Because I want to send it. Look, who, uh, look, this is Dwayne's daughter. And, this, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's just, it's just great. So we still love to go hear them live and, and always will it's just there's something about it the four of them together just make a, a magical sound that's very mm-hmm. very true words mm-hmm. paul you said something before that i want to uh talk about so you said that um exile looked and did the oakridge boys kind of theme they you you played yourself off of you know the oakridge boys um leadership and the way that they they had their band um 
Dwayne, have you had any artists uh, over the years that you guys have kind of fathered like that, you know, besides Exile and your family and Rockland Road, is there any artists in the industry that you kind of were mentors to? At, at, at any one time, I probably have as many as 10 to 15 people that call me today on a regular basis and ask me questions. And uh, that, every day, literally, every day. That happens day. today. <laughs> and I don't call myself a mentor, and I, I don't have a management company, I don't charge anything. Uh, but I might get a call from someone in Daily Vincent uh, band or one of their leaders or, and we may talk an hour. And cause they're a quartet now and they have four part harmony and they're running into the, some of the same problems coming from bluegrass trying to make it into a more mainstream as we were coming from gospel, uh, making it into mainstream. And we discuss a lot of things. And uh, I've heard them say of me to other people and it come back to me third hand that they look at me as a mentor. Uh, I just consider that a nice compliment uh, I don't put myself out there and put that by my name, but I have a lot of people that I respect. I respect the group uh, that I just mentioned at the top of my list. They're my dear friends. Uh, I've got a lot of single acts that uh, call me. And uh, I remember when Mary Sarah was 16 and we saw her video on Facebook. We started putting her on our show in Galveston and she's moved to Nashville now and she was like in the top two of what, The Voice, the Voice I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Top two, I believe. Mm -hmm. And now is in a starring role in a movie and she's making it right now in Hollywood this week, right now. Uh, she credits the Oak Ridge Boys. We were on her first album uh, and cut, I believe, Dream On with her. Mm. Uh, I, I could keep naming off. That's just two. Uh, but they're up. I, I don't even know how to count them because I don't want to call someone's name and embarrass them. <laughs> uh, but I get a lot of calls and I I love to talk with young people. I, I I try my best to help them uh, save time and not get hurt. There, there are a lot of people in our business that, that are in it to make a quick buck. And I try to teach young people who are getting into business the right way to do it and how to do it without getting ripped off. Mm -hmm. And if you can if you can do it the right way and not get ripped off, it may take a little longer, but what you get in the long run is something that is real and 
you you come at it by the hard way you work for it but it's really yours and you don't have to give it all away up front a lot of people that come to Nashville with pretty good talent pretty good songs that they've written somebody hear it and see magic and the first thing they want to do is sign you to a management and booking contract and a publishing contract and the first thing you know you're you're going home and you don't have it about 10% of your own career and you have nothing and they sit on it you know well uh, I try to help people avoid those kind of people and I tell them you know look your your songs that you write those are yours and the only thing you ever need to do with your songs you might need a publisher and a publisher should only ever get 50% of of a song that's the publishing share and if you give that publisher 50% he has obligations in that 50%. He's supposed to push it. He's supposed to get you a copyright. He's supposed to keep you protected. He's supposed to pay you royalties. There's a lot of things that that publisher is supposed to do for his part of that 50% of your song. But you wrote it. You should not have to do anything for that 50% that you own that is your song. So don't give it up. That's your creation. It's yours. Don't give it up. Don't sell it. Don't somebody come say, I'll give you $500 for your song. Well, that's the last you'll ever hear of it. <laughs> so many people have sold their songs, and that's all they ever got. And they see a television commercial with their song on it that they sold for $50, you know. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so over the years, Dwayne, other than people asking you after your show when you're all sweaty, any interesting, any interesting meet and greet situations, whether it's an odd thing they want you to sign or any kind of interesting things that happen at a meet and greet that you could share with us? Well, we had one thing happen down when we were working uh, in Georgia. What's that place? That Lanier Lanier Land, and we had this girls group opened the show for us at, for Northern Georgia. And we've been picking at them. Uh, I grew I grew some watermelons in, in my garden. And uh, I grew some zucchinis in my garden. And so on stage one night, we presented with them with the zucchini. Zucchini of the Year Award. <laughs> presented it to him on stage. You know, oh just doing silly things. Because the boys will be boys now, okay? Well, one night, we noticed that in their show, they had a dance routine. So we got down to Lanierland, Georgia, and we got on both sides of the stage. We had apples and oranges rolling all over that stage. Face on that stage that didn't have oranges or apples to deal with. Hey, Daddy, tell them about the with the uh, the crickets. Oh yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> I like this story. You like this person. We uh, I don't know which one that you heard it about. Which group? With well, the Spear family, wasn't it? Well, okay, yeah. that we did yeah. them too. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, the Spear family and the Oak Ridge boys back in the gospel days, we all had, we always had things going with the Spear family, and they had pulled something on us. Uh, the last time we saw them, so on the way to the show, we saw a fishing, a uh, little fishing market, and we pulled in there and bought about three or four dozen, three or four dozen crickets. And while they were on stage, we figured out a way to get into their bus. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a driver who could get in that little bitty hole on the side, and he could work his shoulders into that and get in their bus and open the door. Well, we got into their bus and all the way back and into all their bunks. We got a, a healthy dose of about a, a dozen in each bunk crickets. <laughs> Oh. oh no! So when they came off the bus and and were taking off their clothes, their bus <laughs> sounded like a cricket choir. <laughs> and all their that's, that's all they heard was crickets. <laughs> you can never find them. You, can you hear can't one. find them. No, you can't find them. I love the oak stickers. And one went on every one of those boxes, and we went behind everybody, every group's tables while they were on, and we filled up the inside of their bus. They couldn't, when they opened the door, the boxes came out the door. All the way to the back of their bus was full, and every one of them had, I love the yokes on it. And they couldn't even get in their bus until they loaded the boxes. Out, you know? <laughs> Every one of them had I love the oaks on it. Oh, that's Tell awesome. Tell them how they got back at you. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I think you're thinking state siders, Jamie. State siders. Somebody, somebody got on the bus. Oh, <laughs> I know oh this Mel, Mel Tillis's but they partied. Uh, oh, 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 oh. We were in uh, Jim Hall's hometown. That's Tulsa. What? Neil Walla. Yeah, the Halloween thing. Yeah, Neil Walla. Yeah. 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 And what's the name of the town? I can't even pull it out. That's a senior thing, okay? Uh, <laughs> but it's Young Walla's hometown. Uh, I it's outside it. Tulsa, right? Is it... Yeah, it's just north of Tulsa, uh, uh, Kansas. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, uh, we were playing with, with uh, Mel Tillis. And Mel had to go somewhere. And so he asked if he could open the show. We said, sure. About that time, we'd had several hits. He had several. So it was one of those things where any night we could open it for him or vice versa. So he asked if he could open the show. And he, he was writing the song, uh, Ghost Riders in the Sky. And he was pretty high on it right then. Well, we stripped our beds, sheets, and we all pulled off our clothes. <laughs> and we wrapped ourselves in sheets like this. And at that time, we had these smoke machines that were made of dry ice. And if you, we had some powerful ones. And if you really poured it on, you could cover the whole auditorium. Well, right before smoke, uh, right before Ghost Riders in the Sky, we had his set list. We told our guys, start to smoke. And when he starts into it, 
turn it on the stage, especially in the front of the stage, but not necessarily on male or the band, just like in the front of the stage. And so we came out in the smoke in our sheets with no clothes on, and in the middle of the Ghost Riders in the sky, we came out and just did this. Oh, <laughs> you see us, we opened up, opened up our sheets, and we had on no clothes right in front of Mel, facing the band, yeah. not the audience. The audience couldn't see us. And, but Mel started stuttering, and he stuttered for about 10 minutes. <laughs> And I, he like never got through Ghost Riders in the Sky, and they kept the smoke on until we got back in the bus, and then they finally finished their show, and they left, or uh, left the stage, and we went on stage, and they had to leave to go somewhere. Well, we finished our show, and when we got back to the bus, I went back to my bunk, and the curtain was closed. And I opened it up, and and man, when I opened it up, it was a old mangy dog <laughs> right, right in my face. I thought he was gonna tear me up. <laughs> and I had a upper bunk at that time, and I looked, and man, that, there was they had emptied out a, a one of a these dumpster. dumps, dumpsters, <laughs> old beer cans. That, Oh. The most awful stinking <laughs> junk. We, they emptied all of that in my bunk. <laughs> we had to take a whole bunk out and burn it. <laughs> it was just awful. It stunk up the whole bus for a week. I mean, those those guys play rough. Oh, man. Wow. We won't play any more tricks on y'all. You win. <laughs> mm. That's the truth. We worked with Mel and his bunch. We were always playing pranks on each other. It was, uh, it was, it was crazy. And one time we, with you mentioned Exile. After we we, uh, well, I know that I think it's what you're gonna we about. closed uh, a tour with them, and we, that was in Vegas, wasn't it? Somewhere, <laughs> and we decided we wanted to tip them, and we gave oh. them up. I think a five thousand dollar tip was yeah, that right? Yeah, exactly. In one dollar bills, <laughs> and we oh. put them all over the room, all over the room. They had to, they had to work to get their tip. <laughs> <laughs> it was under the couch. It was behind, no, behind the pictures. The everywhere. everywhere. <clears throat> <clears throat> oh. oh. I bet they were oh, yeah. though. I bet they stayed till they found yeah. They were diving in the floor. <laughs> so then when you so you're gonna keep it going for the next you got you said you had a busy year, so keep the pranks going. Uh, well, I'm I'm really bad about pranks. <laughs> I've just really always been bad about it. Uh if Joe is my number one uh target. I I'm the only one on the left side of the bus. I and I may not the bottom bunk. The top bunk is for the driver, and he's usually driving. So it's empty. And then William and Derek and Richard and Joe. So Joe's up here, and I can look out of my curtain and see him. You know, it's, it's curtain usually.
closed. But if I hear his curtain open, I can peep out. And if he gets up in the middle of the night and decides he wants to go to the bathroom to do his business, then I can wait until I hear the automatic door close and I can slip out of my bed and shut my curtain and get up into his bed <laughs> and all the way down to the foot of his bed and close the curtain enough that he can't see me. And he's already up into his bed. And then once he gets in his bed and starts straightening out his legs, I go, <laughs> and he just about, he just about died. Or, or if I don't know if you've ever seen somebody uh, laying with their head like this way and you're looking at them opposite of what you would normally. If their head's down there, you can kind of tell who it is. But if their head is here, when you see them first, you can't tell who it is. It's, it's like it looks weird. So if Joe comes out of the bathroom at night and he's half asleep anyhow, and we got an automatic door which you put a punch a button and it opens and there I am and there's a head there and instead of just laying there I come up at him you know <laughs> and he, he falls all the way to the front of the lounge you know? oh man I'm always doing stuff like that I've been bad at that all my career I still do it it reminds me of a story when I was playing with the Oaks band about 20 years ago we were playing I'll never forget this we were in Branson. And when they do the song Leaving Louisiana in the Broad Daylight, I caught Richard. He would do this every show. There's a line about a shotgun. And Richard would always kind of do a, like a cock of, you know, like a physical, like he's shooting a shotgun. Well, I would just take my instrument and, and do this, kind of do it with him. And I just, and the lighting director caught it. So probably this went on for a month or so. And just one, hand motions, yeah, really. Just like yeah. a hand motion. Like I take the, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm shooting a shotgun with Richard. One day we're in, I think, Branson. And. <laughs> Unbeknownst to me, the lighting director, when when we, that song came up and I did that, he had a box rigged in the in the top of the stage, and when he when he you know when he when I did that, the box flips over, feathers start coming down in the rubber chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it, it caught me off guard. It was so I mean, I had I went to my knees because I was laughing so hard because I didn't I wasn't expected. That was a joke on me, but <laughs> wow, there's always something going. Yeah, we're working Las Vegas. Uh, with Highway 101 and uh, on one of their songs we always mess them with the opening act and we had about three dozen ping pong balls in a sack <laughs> over the drummer and on a certain number we pulled that rope of that chain and those all fell down on him right in the middle Bouncing of the song. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Another time, was this with them and the, uh, or let's see, gosh, or was this when you were with Kathy Matea or the Oak Ridge Boys? I can't remember. Um, but it was like your last show. Oh, when I, I, right after I stopped playing with Exile, I was going to try to be a solo artist. We'd stopped touring for a while. Well, I went and played steel guitar for Kathy Matea for about eight months, and then I got a publishing deal. And so I told Kathy, hey, I'm, I'm going to go home and work on my, my, my solo deal and write. Well, the last show I did with Kathy, as she introduced the band that day, everybody on stage had a can of Silly String, and they all ran at me and doused me on stage. I mean, I look, I mean, it's amazing how quick it came out. It looked like the swamp thing. Yeah, you and know, then, <laughs> so then I, as we're done with the show and we're walking off stage, well, 
her guitar player, he goes, man, thanks, but Bill, he goes, man, it's been great playing with you, Paul. I said, we're gonna miss you and all that stuff. And but I noticed he was really taking, he's really being cautious about getting close to me. And then all of a sudden, Kathy goes, oh, Paul, and she comes and she gets me with the pie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we'll open up like a, you know, a road bag or something for years after that guitar case or, or just some kind of a, you yeah. know, something he would have had on the road at that time. And there's still pieces of that silly string. Oh. You know how it just dries oh. and it gets on everything. <laughs> yeah, we'll still find it, you know. Any any crickets <laughs> still laying around? <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to ask the Spear family about that, I guess, right? Well, though that, that, that little trick actually, uh, uh, that that was during the gospel years, and and uh, they uh, they made an appearance on the Thrasher Brothers bus and on the Florida Boys bus. Oh my goodness! Uh, they they actually made some command performances on other buses. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was also some uh, some tear gas. Uh, on those little windows on the side of the bus, uh, right before, while they were on their last song on stage, sometimes their bus, they would come off stage really hot and sweaty and into a bus filled with tear gas. Oh my, <laughs> oh my goodness. In the bus. Keep on getting for a while. <laughs> Are there any pranks? Did you say what, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> we really appreciate Dwayne spending the time with us. And, you know, we could probably talk for another three hours or two days or whatever it is. But we just really wanted to appreciate uh, you taking the time and also with Jamie and Paul and um, being part of our Which Way is Catering podcast. Thanks for having us. But today it's called Which Way is Squeet. Yes. All right. Right. And I and I and I have to say I've had the the pleasure of hanging out with Jamie and Paul and the kids in Rockland Road and I am a big fan and I love you guys to death and thank you so much for hanging out with us and I can't wait to see you guys again. You guys have been amazing to us. I mean, I know we touched on it earlier, but Variety Attractions has been so important in our career and uh some of you all provided us with some of the very first work that we had yeah. as a as a family band, uh, and then as we have grown and the kids have grown, we have continued to work with you guys and love every one of you and appreciate you so much. Yeah. And uh, and this is great. We we knew this would be fun, and uh, to come on here and do this with with Daddy and talk with you guys about some fun stuff. So well, thanks just, for having Justine us. and Bruce and Todd and uh, George you're, and Kenny and Chris well, and Andy. You're and all of you're the future for like Rockland Road at like George was with us like uh, George was like you know he came when we needed some help badly and he came to the rescue and he started finding things for us that he could put us on because he loved us and that's the kind of people that they're going to need they're going to need people like you yeah. that do love them, that can find these little fairs and events and uh, citywide events that need someone but don't have a major superstar's budget mm -hmm. but need a self-contained band. I remember when 
John Hitt with the Jim Halsey Company used to pride himself in selling us is they're self-contained. They've got it all under mm -hmm. the bus. Mm -hmm. You know, everything <laughs> they Crickets need, <laughs> everything they need is under the bus. They're self-contained. Yeah. He just loved to sell us like that. And I had, I had to pretty much uh, go to almost go to Tulsa one time to sell John Hitt on. John, we're going to put a truck on the road, and it's going to have lighting and sound equipment in it. It's not going to be under the bus anymore, and you're going to have to charge extra for it. Yeah. And can you get ready for that, John? And old John, he said, okay, damn it, I will. And I cleaned up his words, uh, but that's about the only four-letter word I use. So, uh, But that one... Uh, uh, John John wound up work, booking us on practically every major fair there is, and he went right with us. But boy, it was hard to break him into uh, saying something other than self-contained and it's all right under that bus. That sounds but, small now, and yeah, he's done that. Yeah, now. yeah. Mm -hmm. But no, but we appreciate your time, and the conversation has been great, and um, it's a pleasure meeting you, Dwayne, and. Both Justine and I have talked to Paul and Jamie before, but it's been a pleasure talking with you and sharing some of your stories. It's been really great. Look forward to seeing you out on the road. I know we, we will probably have many more variety dates. And uh, when we do, y'all come on out and uh, be sure to look me up because yeah. I want to see you. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll yeah. See you before the show. Yeah. yeah, before. Before the show. <laughs> After the show, you'll see tail lights. <laughs> I will be gone. Right. The song Bobby Steve's let me start up the bus. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see y'all. Thank you. Thank you yep. so much. Thank you. Bye. See you guys. See ya. Bruce and I want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Which Way is Catering with Justine and Bruce. If you'd like to drop us a line, you can email us at whichwayiscatering at gmail.com or visit us at varietyattractions.com. A big thank you to our sponsors, Brannigan Inc. and Spectrum Weather Insurance. Which Way is Catering with Justine and Bruce. Served up by Variety Attractions, celebrating 60 years of entertainment excellence. That's fabulous.